I was but, really gross to admit this, but I had the whole week of Are things. we recording? Yes. Good. What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. I had the whole week of Thanksgiving off. Um, the, so the Friday before, I'm in this professional organization that gave us like tons of amazing barbecue, like piles of like pulled pork, sausage, like 10 sides and everything. It was from Stellar, Interstellar. Mm-hmm. I think it's in hmm. Pflugerville. So of course, they're like, please take some home. There was like to-go things. I take this giant thing. I forget it at work for a week. I come back Monday. I brought lunch and I was like, oh my God, the barbecue. I ate it for lunch. Yeah. I had a really bad stomach ache. Yeah. Uh, but it only lasted like an hour and it was <laughs> mild. And I was like, I will do that again. That's a okay. tiny price to pay. Would eat again. <laughs> diarrhea is fine. It, it didn't even wasn't diarrhea. It was like a small crunch. Like someone well, slightly punched me. Lightly. Like- <laughs> that was the only problem I had. <laughs> slightly punched me yeah. lightly. Like, <laughs> I'm okay. I don't know. I feel like again. I run the risk. I've got like a 50-50 shot if something is going to make me kind of feel mm-hmm. like shit at all times with all food so i'll eat old shit as long as it doesn't smell weird yeah and even if it does smell i'm like maybe i'll try it's it's the hardest to tell with like sour cream i feel like sour cream already smells sour sure yeah but there is a sourness to sour cream yeah i don't see anything i mean it all right so you're a see thing i'm I'm a a smell not even always sometimes i'll just like scoop that out (laughs) Well, to if admit. it's cheese, though, you can yeah. like cut the mold off of cheese or bread. Well, I had a pasta sauce jar, and sure. there was a tiny bit of mold on the top, oh, not touching fine. the pasta sauce, and I still yeah, used it. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we're all agreeing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll. I I think we all would have done really great in like the depression. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! <laughs> also with meat, like if it's been cooked, it's yeah. I'm. It's good. It's fine. It'll be fine. Like Agreed. I give that at least. If it's not, you get a little diarrhea. I mean, you move. I just did an life. experiment. Ten days was yeah. fine. Lesson learned. <laughs> America, smoked brisket. Take, take a tip from Rebby. I was trying to just eat the sides, but they were like mixed all together, and I got like big bites of brisket and pulled pork. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it was delicious. Well, also there's like a bunch of sauces and stuff on it, and I feel like that helps. You know, I think I heated it <laughs> twice as long as I thought I should. I was like killing everything. There you go. Five yeah. minutes blasting yes. in the microwave. <laughs> How's your Le Mans special? Oh, it's delightful. Um, yeah, barista shop happening up in here. And it's even in the Starbucks mm-hmm. cup. I got that cup for free. They gave away free cups on like Starbucks, I don't know, some anniversary, but I went up there in person to get John a... <laughs> So when Taylor Swift re-released Red, obviously Taylor's version, iconic mm-hmm. re-release or re-recordings, Starbucks did a promotion with her where they had Taylor's version oh, yeah. of the latte. Oh yeah, they talked about yeah. it. And um, what is it? It's a just a regular latte with like sugar-free caramel. caramel. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty uh, like basic. a skinny caramel latte, basically. Gotcha. And John, I was he was like. I want to have one. <laughs> I was like, fine. Well, I have to go order it in person. So I ordered a Taylor's version. And because it was like free cup day, I got a free a reusable Starbucks cup. So now I am legally a barista. And also, I, I think that makes John legally a Swifty. Oh, yeah. He was in top 0.5% of her listeners this year, according to Spotify. <laughs> I'm not joking. They did that. 
I, I mean, I love Spotify. I, you don't use Spotify, do you? I do. Oh, you do. I know you were a Zune adapter. So to me, the trajectory of a Zune user would not be to Spotify. But Well, I had Pandora for a while, but I was too cheap to pay for it. And I was like over commercial. Yeah. But Spotify is way more customizable. And then a couple years ago for my birthday, Lisa made me this playlist of like just a bunch of pop songs. And mm-hmm. I now just add to it all the time. And now it's like all my favorite songs. I'm going to try to use some stuff at the wedding. I'm thinking like oh. pull here and there. Mm-hmm. We have a DJ, but yeah. Yeah. Get the songs you want plus whatever songs they I play. listen to what John listens oh. to sometimes. Yeah. We don't always align. Um, you know, on some he's, styles. He's but, got his cool boy music. Well, he's just a little more mellow sometimes than what I want to listen True. to. True. Spotify. I'm so glad there isn't something like that for TV because it'd be like, oh. Whitney's been watching Love Island UK for 24 hours straight. <laughs> Why is Netflix not doing this? I'm so they, glad. That they was, will. That was all I could think about when Spotify rap came out this year. I was like, my shit would be so fucking embarrassing. Oh. Because like, also, I... I look insane. Yeah. I'm also just kind of so anxious and need so much noise around me that like I go to bed and I put in one of my like earbuds and fall asleep and that shit will just play while Mm -hmm. I'm passed out like very lightly while I'm asleep. And it's like it would appear that I barely ever stop watching TV just based on what I'm constantly listening to. I mean, you can kill a series in like days. I remember when we lived together, you'd be like, did you see the new? American Horror Story I'm like came out yesterday you were like I'm done (laughs) I'm like oh my gosh I'll get like one episode in with you I'm like every moment watching I also don't pay that much attention to it I feel like that's another problem I have I was impressed you can get through shows I'd be like five weeks later on like episode four I'm going through uh, Friday Night Lights for the first time (gasps) I still need to do that that's one that I've been it's such a huge undertaking it is amazing you're gonna cry happy tears I I watched it in North Carolina when I was homesick and I was like Texas I love (laughs) you cry like oh you cry oh I I know that's mm-hmm. a thing. Connie Texas is yeah, my Texas favorite. Forever. She's fucking amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. adorable. I love she has her. The best hair. The best like, hair. So I never paid attention to any of it ever. Like I get it. It's in the lexicon. But then they mentioned it on our favorite podcast, yes. Who uh, Weekly, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna like fuck it. And so I started it. I guess like two weeks ago, and I forgot that back in the day, seasons of things were like <sighs> fucking exactly. twenty five episodes. Exactly. And I was like, oh my God, so much is happening. And Mm -hmm. I just got to season two. But I'm like, I got to season two pretty quickly for like a 22 episode. Love Island UK is like, supposedly Love Island, the UK version is much better than the American version. And I I agree with that. So it's on Hulu. And I watched, I think it's season five, the one with Mora and I don't know, what's her name? Anyways. But I was like, okay, let's, John and I, we'll just start casually watching it. And it's like, how many episodes are in it? And it's like fucking like 90 because it's like on multiple episodes per week and in the UK. So because they're filming 24 seven. So I think I've tried to look up, lazily tried to look up how many episodes a week air. And I think it's almost like every other night. And then at the end of the week, like somebody gets voted on kind of deal. So much production. Yeah. And it's so much. It took me so long to finish that season because it really is. It's like 90 episodes and all the episodes are like, 
an hour long. Oh my god! I can't so remember. Not to brag. Was Real World filmed like that? I it mean, was like on. It was, was a weekly episode. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I wanted to be on that show so. Oh my god! Bad. And they came I to know. Austin, yeah. and they went to that bar, Blind Pig. Mm-hmm. And then when I started going out, I'm like, "That's the bar you picked as the show." Well, so now. many of those. I'm like, ew, <laughs> ew. But yeah. I mean, that was early 2000s. Please or we were in college. Maggie Maze. I, <laughs> I mean, was, they probably went to that Maggie Maze, too. Cool it's right next patio. door. There was that was like one. their bar. Yeah. They turned the Real World House into Vince Young Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Vince Young Steakhouse anymore. It, it is. is. And is it? they have an amazing happy hour. Oh, we should go. We should. Okay. It's really Let's fun, right? Let's leave right now. And go. I love going to fancy steak places for happy hour because oh, yeah. you're like feeling fancy, but like in my budget. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ALC like, is. I'm here from two to se- or five yeah. to seven. ALC right. is the best. Or sitting at the dress school bar, they have mm-hmm. a wonderful happy hour. They do. And so pretty. really good beef jerky that they I make have not there. Been. And it's Homie. on their happy hour menu. Yeah. I've only been there for like a brunch with my parents. Ooh, like, I'll go to the Driscoll happy hour any day also. Same. I got hammered on go. apple okay. martinis there one time <gasps> oh with my, God. my parents. Uh, she's yeah. 16. I was like right 21. <laughs> and they, you know, because they have a pianist in there drink. on the weekends. And like we mm-hmm. went there after we went to Esther's. Actually, we went to Esther's for <laughs> some show and went down to the Driscoll. It felt very old Austin going yeah. to Esther's and the Driscoll. There was a pianist there and we were like tipping him crazy and you know he was playing all the songs and i got fucking blackout drunk on apple teenies because it was like 2000 sugar or something oh yeah i just think of the sugar hangover now Well, but I was so young back then. I'm yeah. Probably, I just woke up fine. Sprung like, up. Oh, God. Good Tigger. Time to go bartend. Do you remember those days? At I 8 a.m. classes in college. Yeah. Partied all night. Yeah. yeah. Totally fine. Woke up, like made A's. Right. Kept your same makeup Miracle. on from the night before. Even like, like what's up? mid-20s. Just like brushed my teeth, like still kind of looked okay because I was like young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you've got makeup on from the night eyes before. Eyes And you're like, this will work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A little wipe under the eyes. I'm good. Get the raccoon like less. Raccoony, yeah. but it was also it's kind of controlled there. raccoon instead <laughs> of rabbit Contro- raccoon. Controlled raccoon. <laughs> yes, but that was also like on trend yeah. a little bit. It was like, Britney Spears now. All we were talking controlled raccoon. All of her controlled videos, raccoon. she still looks cute, but it looks like yesterday's makeup. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, she still yes. like, looks good, but she she's like a little black heavy, heavy eyeliner. <laughs> Well, yeah. and what's funny is even in her like, this is me, no makeup fa- uh, so pictures. Cute. I'm like, ma'am, Brit, ma'am. we know, we know, we love you. We're happy That's not for natural you. skin color. That's, that's controlled raccoon. Right. Control- that's what that's the name of this episode is. Yes. I'm, I'm Next time I get my makeup done, right can I please get the controlled <laughs> raccoon look? <laughs> slightly disheveled um i obviously have very sticky fingers and like if i was to yeah <laughs> i don't know Wreck all 20 year olds <laughs> yeah sticky sticky fingers. fingers oh yeah you're just fucking sticking to it's shit like three-year-olds with cheetos yeah but. exactly <laughs> but god knows what's Silly on those putty. fingers <laughs> yeah well welcome to weird brunch home of the controlled raccoon <laughs> a new mascot i guess it's we just like a, a, a little little raccoon and little tiny raccoon handcuffs. Yeah, but he's wearing like <laughs> like high heels. Yeah, 
and like I don't know. There's a lot you could do there. Bow tie. Like one ear, sure. one ear's down, one right. ear's up. Yeah, he's very androgynous. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can totally tell the sex of a raccoon just by looking at it. I mean, you can tell by how they act. Yeah, that's Duh. true. <laughs> Is this raccoon gonna roof? The women are smarter and calmer and yes. know what's up. I mean, yes. that might be like a all species thing but no i think it is an all species thing. <laughs> i think it like every meeting you gotta procreate and like figure like, kids lives out i mean yeah, it's yeah. a lot woman. more on our plate it's true yeah every meeting i have at work Except with all women horses, that's they true. just shoot them out and then they're the, done those are the only animals i respect yeah <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to the animal hierarchy of respect, yeah, like seahorses are. They at the know top. what's up. See now, I mean, does that make you not a feminist then? Because the most respected animal is the only one where the man carries the child. So you're just negating the fact that every other species of animal, the female does. I know. Anyways, it's I technically hate Lisa now. I, I know it's technically she the afternoon, but it is too early for that. <laughs> she has time to go do other stuff, like build their house yeah. nicely, get right. all the like books she's in line for school. She's got a nine school. to five. Yeah, okay? she's, she's the, the breadwinner. Bread <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Rebby. Whitney, um, you're off the show. <laughs> I, fine. It's your house. I don't want to be out. here anyway. We're gonna get some dude to replace yeah. you, <laughs> John. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be like, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't want to. What's Moo. weird about this? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they just not carry? Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's five other options that would have worked for them. Right. Anyways, you heard our guest is Rebby today. Introduce yourself. I'm Rebby. I feel like last time I was all nervous. I was like, I'm Rebecca Cohen. But I'm Rebby. <laughs> Yeah, Cohen. there she is. What's up? She's fucking cool. Yeah, she's cool. I'm Whitney Lamond. I'm Lisa Friedrich. I'm Lisa Friedrich. Okay, I can't speak for myself, so I that guess we do have some feminist issues going sir on today. Is Mr. Lisa Friedrich? <laughs> <laughs> that means I own land in certain times of the. Earth. I mean, not currently. Lord Lisa Friedrich. Yes. You own a new car. Lisa got a new car. I did. Oh, yeah. She got the Bronco. I got the Bronco. In my brain, you went out and bought it the day after or maybe the day of. It was three days after. Okay. It was like the brand new. She didn't want to get an oil change for her other car, so she just traded it. It's like buying new underwear when you don't know washing. Exactly. Exactly the same. (laughs) Exactly. I'll have to look at it. Slightly more expensive. Honestly, me. Well, so here's what's up, and and this is a hot tip for our thousands of listeners. People are paying a very stupid, a very dumb amount for used cars. And my car, but it had been in the shop for like two months a couple years ago. And then that mm-hmm. issue was like continuing to happen. Just every time I got in my car, I was just like, I love my car. My car hates me. Mm. And so I was like, how much can I? Oh, my God. <laughs> they were going to pay me damn near like what I paid for it three years ago. It's, wow. it's wild. Like when I bought and this was a while ago when I bought my Challenger, it was like the ones on the resale lot were just as expensive as a new one. Yeah. And I was like, why would I buy a used one for like two grand less if I could buy a brand new one yeah. for almost the exact same price? Like what? Where? Yeah. And I think people in their brains, they're like, you always buy used. You got to buy used, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
No, you don't. Well, so I found this. It's a 2021 Bronco Sport, and it's got like some bells and whistles. CarMax offered me the most. And so I was like, I'm just going to trade in there Mm -hmm. because then I'm saving more money and blah, blah, blah. And so now I'm paying like 30 more a month Mm -hmm. for a car payment. Newer car. Yeah. For a newer car that can, Mm. you know, run over murderers. Yeah. Or small children. Or small children. Don't get in my way. Only murder is small children. Let's. (laughs) Which, Keep it. There's a lot out there. With red Look, balloons. There's a lot out We've there. We've all seen the good son. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Elijah Macaulay Culkin going for it. Creepy. Yeah. Mm. I don't know why that movie says it's stuck. In it's my, I think about it all the time. Like it's a haunting. lot. And that last scene where the fucking mom has to decide whether she saves her own kid from falling off the cliff. Or she saves Elijah Wood. Have you seen Have it? Not. not to spoil. I won't say who she saves. Isn't Elijah Wood? He's adopted, right? Is he adopted? <gasps> or is he like, like there was an element is of Is he that. like a cousin who's living with them or something like there that? Was some he might have been adopted. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, there's some reason why it specifically hit me in a specific what a, like, yeah. moral choice. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. It's a good move. If uh, from what I remember as seeing it as a child, it's a great film. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could ever bring myself to yeah, watch I it don't again, know. though. We just watched uh, Home Alone, speaking of old Macaulay Culkin. We've been watching Succession. Oh, so good. Kieran Culkin is in Home Alone. He's such a he terrible is. He's person. Fuller. He's fuller, and he's, he's drinking the soda, one. the one with the Pepsi, and he's like, <laughs> it's so So much cute. cuter back then. He's like evil. And- oh, God, I love him. He's the best. No. He's my favorite in Succession. What mm. season are you on? Are I you caught up? I skipped a lot, but I oh. watched the most recent one. You skipped a lot. You well, have Daniel to had already watch it. watched most you of it. You have to watch like, it in succession. Yes, well, I know where they are it. now. I know the cliffhanger. Oh God, it's so. We don't have to talk good. about it. Oh, I, I don't love know that it. show. Mm. Also, I love Sarah Snook, who is Shiv. Mm-hmm. She's probably my fave. She's so. Well, I mean, she's yeah, she's the best when it comes to like being the best of the worst humans is that in that. <laughs> thinking of movie or in that show but her style i have a few pairs of pants that i call my shiv pants because they're like you know wide leg business woman-y business mm. pants i wore them to my dad's funeral i don't know if y'all remember what i was wearing that um, day but was it black? i do, That's I do what I remember <laughs> yeah was it they are black they are black <laughs> they are black i remember um but these are my dad's funeral these are my dad's pants. funeral pants i don't know she also she's like looks like a real woman i've seen a bunch of people on tiktok who are like our thick queen sarah snook thick redheaded queen she's not thick no she is though she's got a big trunk she's got a tiny like torso she's just hot she is just hot Mm -hmm. but i mean compared to all other women on tv i feel like she's the most what about that other redhead the madman girl oh christina hendrix She's over. She is more than curvy. That woman is like <laughs> insane looking. She's so hot. That was like the height of my life. I never watched Mad Men, but everybody would be like, you look like Christina Hendricks. And I'd be like, <laughs> you're like, hell yeah. Buy me some pencil skirts, bitch. Get me that next drink, motherfucker. Yes, exactly. <sighs> Congrats, hot women out yeah. there. Shout Wish out we could be you. To the hot... <laughs> The hot-bodied redhead. Yes, there you go. Uh, she also just looks like serious Emma Stone. She kind of does. Like her eyes are just a little bit more yeah. closer winty. together. More like I don't think they're closer suspicious. together. I think they're just. She's always yeah. She's always and I mean I think it is that part. She always has to look suspicious because yeah. 
everyone. Also, Emma Stone just has big eyes. She does. She has giant. And that eyes. I feel bad. I don't know anyone's name. The girl in the the chess show, um, Queen Anya Taylor, Taylor Joy. Talk about her eyes. Yeah, like yeah. so exotic. Literally really looks like a deer. Apart. Well, yeah, they <laughs> literally are, looks like a deer. Yeah, they are very far apart. But that typically means fetal alcohol syndrome. I'd like to know more about her mother. She really? comes from a really rich family, that too, right? That does not surprise yeah. me. Yeah, oh, I feel like it has to be because yeah. she's best friends with that Oh, yeah, the super, yeah, she was in her wedding. Married. Yeah. I want that documentary. Yeah, I would love to see that. I want to write that teleplay. Just heiresses and, like, socialites in general. And then one becomes an act. Like, that's mm-hmm. what always, that's it's what like, oh, people gonna, miss. Is I'm like, going to be an actress. I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to, like, yeah. and they just do it. Yeah, because... They I'm, don't have to worry about mad. money. No, yeah. I'm too mad. To Fuck be this. Here. <laughs> I gotta go. Eat the rich. Well, who wants to go first? Rebby wants to go first. I like getting it out of the way, and okay. then I can like relax and listen to you. Focus. Y'all's. Okay, do it then. Um. Okay. How many people here have seen Nightmare on Elm Street? I have. I actually never seen the movie, but <laughs> I knew the premise. Can I be honest? I've only seen it like on TV where there's commercials and like you get your own breaks from. Do I want to see this next part? Nightmare on Elm Street is Freddy Krueger. Yes. Mm-hmm. And one of Johnny Depp's first mm-hmm. roles. Is it his okay, first role? Okay, He's so hot. Talking. Sorry. Okay. It's only the first I might be saying some of this okay, stuff cool. in a minute. I just. Anyway, I the whole Don't point. Spoil that Johnny Depp. His cut off t shirt. <laughs> Um, so it is actually based on a true <gasps> medical condition, which is crazy. A little backstory about Nightmare on Elm Street. I had never seen it. For anyone that hadn't seen it, quick overview. It is set in the early 1980s where a psychopath named Freddy Krueger, also known as the Springwood Slasher, <laughs> murdered several, several children. Severed children. <laughs> he severed, severed the children. children. <laughs> with a glove outfitted with straight razor blades attached to the fingers. <laughs> Not gay razor blades. <laughs> straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When a foolish decision made by a judge sets Krueger free, an angry mob of parents whose children he had terrorized and murdered burn Krueger alive in a boiler room where he worked. Years after his death, the living children of the parents responsible for Krueger's death including Nancy Thompson, the daughter of the police who arrested Kruger, experienced terrifying nightmares involving a burned man wearing a glove with razor blades as fingers. Ghost of Freddy Krueger haunts their dreams when Nancy's best friend Tina dies violently in her sleep during a dream confrontation with Kruger. Nancy realizes she must find a way to stop the evil psychopath's reign of terror or never sleep again. My God. That's the, the tagline for If the I ever had to pay for my parents' crimes... Mm. I would be so pissed. Yeah. Well, they're still alive, which is also yeah. odd to me. Yeah. Like, Why don't you just kill the parents? Go yeah. anyway. The but parents. that's the whole premise of the they movie. They sleep too, Fred. Right. Rude. So, Nightmare on Elm Street um, had an estimated budget of around a million dollars. It was released in November 9th, 1984, and grossed $57 million worldwide. That's a good investment. It was met with rave critical reviews. It's considered one of the greatest horror films of all time, according to Wikipedia, spawning a franchise consisting of six sequels, a television series, a crossover with Friday the 13th, and several merchandise. Just one cross? I thought there were a couple. Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. 
That's the only one I could think of. I remember that one. But he walks um, off and Freddie winks at the camera at the end. So okay. it's not over, obviously. It never is. Um, so some qu- fun, quick facts about Nightmare on Elm Street. It was Johnny Depp's film debut. What? Yes. <laughs> Who would have known I that? Know. <laughs> and there was a headshot pile on the table and Craven's daughter and all her friends were like, hands down Johnny Depp, he's the hottest one in the pile. So that's why he got picked. Even though the original image was like a preppy dude, but he was like a greasy guy and the girls Mm -hmm. loved him. Yeah. So howdy. Oh God, crybaby. We should have a crybaby. Crybaby. Go on. So uh, Wes Craven, the director, was like maybe bullied a little bit as a kid. So Freddy Krueger is all about his childhood, his amalgamation um, of his terrors. Randomly, the Freddy Krueger always wears this red and green sweat Mm -hmm. which is unsettling subliminally to your eyes so it kind of adds to how freaky it is your brain's just like can't comprehend and it's just adds extra terror basically yeah yeah there's something about those two colors right apparently used to be like two different colors and they got a scientist on the set and they were like no make it red and green make like extra freaky because they're contrasting that's what it is right Mm -hmm. his weapon of choice which i talked about was the leather gloves with knives was inspired by his cats and infomercials when he was up late at night he was just (laughs) like yeah yeah matting and all this it was shot in just 32 days as well Mm -hmm. the crazy weird part is that it was inspired by true events the basis of the film was inspired by a newspaper article from the 1970s that was released in the LA Times and the New York Times, where refugees in their 20s and 30s were in the U.S. from a Lash- Latinese mountain society called the Hamong group. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. in um, Southeast Asia. The minority group had been persecuted in Laos after they were recruited by the CIA to fight North Vietnamese soldiers during the Vietnam War. More than 30,000 Hmong soldiers helped the U.S. fight communism in the Northern Highlands where they lived, but died at a rate 10 times higher than American counterparts. In 1975, the Vietnam War ended and Laos became a communist country. The new leadership there viewed the Hmong as traitors because they worked with the U.S., Many survivors from the war fled their homes and became refugees in Thailand and U.S. Do we know why they died more frequently? Was it like they're on the front line? I think so. And probably less equipped. We can actually, there's something a little bit later that might explain it as well. Um, So forced migration, as you can imagine, was like extremely traumatizing. Yeah. You get from your homeland to U.S., your extreme poverty. It's just terrifying and horrible all around. In Laos, this was called the Killing Fields in Cambodia. Several refugees were from Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam. So once they got to the U.S. at an alarming rate, they started suffering from a medical mystery where they would have extremely disturbing nightmares. They were so bad that they refused to sleep and then they attempted to stay awake for several days. But once they actually ended up falling asleep, they would scream in their sleep and die. My God. After fleeing to America, the group, this group of Southwest Asian refugees started dying in their sleep one by one during extremely terrifying nightmares. This is an account. The last survivor had stayed awake as long as he possibly could eventually drifting off from exhaustion had a nightmare woke up screaming died that was every single one of them yes they were all reporting the same holy thing holy shit the coroners were unable to determine a cause of death which fascinated craven the director and that's why he made the whole movie based on this condition so several doctors researched the phenomenon they claimed they were all healthy men 
all men too, which isn't like ever explained. Um, no previous symptoms. <laughs> Average age was 33. Situation oh always the same. It occurs in men. It occurs in their sleep. They cry out and die or found dead the next morning. Medical authorities called the phenomenon Asian death syndrome, mm. nightmare death syndrome, sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome or simply just terror induced by nightmare so is it like okay heart attacks? we taught it there's the, some theories i okay. do need to know more about um, men and why <laughs> why are they here so Number one. <laughs> uh the condition yeah. affected men between the ages of 19 and 57 believed to be from an electrical instability of the heart but mm. unknown cause of why you're having that. To date, 117 refugees have died Holy with shit. terror by nightmare. So it's like a CDC recognized disease. So it's not just like this is continued. Like um, this still happens? It was happens? mainly happening in this phase of refugees yeah. with Asian men from this specific area. Okay. So there hasn't been like... I've heard of the killing fields. Yeah. That's why they moved to the U.S. Right. Yeah. Craven, the director, read about this phenomenon in 81. He was curious enough to actually talk to the CDC, who ended up prompting an investigation, and it became a cultural concern for all Hmong people living in the country. Hmong was the most common, but several men from this area of Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. they these refugees especially were susceptible. 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 One theory, a syndrome that has a name, Brugada syndrome, it's a genetic disorder where electrical activity in the heart is abnormal, increasing the risk of abnormal heart rhythms and sudden cardiac death. That sucks because it sounds like a good cheese. (laughs) Brugada? Yeah. (laughs) I'd eat that. These people having Brugada had episodes of passing out a lot um, and they would just have really weird heart rhythms and that was always triggered by fever. Brugada syndrome is now detectable and preventable by modern medicine but why it viciously attacked just these refugees still unknown also not necessarily 100% sure that's what it was either other hypotheses include primary arrhythmia potassium deficiency hypoventilation which is when you gasp and snore night terrors coronary artery spasms genetics chemical nerve agents from the war Or this is maybe the most likely thing. They had a diet very high in vitamin B deficient white rice, which is essential for your nerve function. So they potentially could have just been like really malnourished. And then like the stress, again, no known Mm -hmm. why these tears were so violent and just made your heart stop. Well, and like (laughs) also just the, the sheer exhaustion. Yeah, right. That's, so there's too much. Um, one more aspect Sorry, to this. Fine. You're fine. <laughs> is that they were all a very specific religion called animism, which is where like everything has a soul. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, they didn't want to be autopsied. So there wasn't a ton oh. of info about what's going on inside their brain. They believed everything <laughs> had a spiritual essence, such as animals, plants, rocks, rivers, blah, blah, blah. During the 70s and 80s, an outbreak of this syndrome began. Many of the Asians were not these Southeast Asians were not able to worship properly due to the guerrilla war against the government. So these people believe that if you don't worship properly or do not perform religious ritual property or forget to sacrifice, the ancestor spirits of the village do not protect them, thus allowing evil spirits to reach them. These attacks induce nightmares and lead to sleep paralysis when the victim is conscious, experiencing pressure on the chest. 
It's also common to have REM state that is out of sequence, which is a mix of brain state that are normally held separate. So after the war and these refugees came in and they kind of dispersed across the U.S., their belief was if you were visited by a shaman, they could kind of help these. But since they were so dispersed, shamans were not available. So they couldn't get the like Mm -hmm. spiritual um, Mm. what they wanted. So last bit, uh, in a medical journal, the author suggested that Hamong who died were killed by their own beliefs in the spiritual world, otherwise known as nocturnal pressing spirit attacks. In Indonesia, it's called Nagutan, which translates to pressed on in English. They all have their own name. In China, their version relates their version of this same syndrome translate to crushed by a ghost in English. The Dutch call the presence a nachmir, which is from nightmare, comes from the Dutch middle mare, an incubus who lies on someone's chest, suffocating them. This phenomenon is known among the Hmong people of Laos, describe these deaths as a malign spirit said to take the form of a jealous woman. So it's sleep paralysis is what it sounds like. From this like spirit that's right. sitting on your chest is sure. what they believe. In America, we just call them demons. I was, yeah. Or cats. Demon and demon cats. Demon cats. But demons is like a generic scary. This is someone sure. that wants to sit on your chest and kill you while you're sleeping. Ugh. So it's a specific type I don't of demon. Like that idea. God. But yeah, all of this was like a really big deal in this time. And the Craven thought it was really interesting and um, created his own nightmare on Elm Street situation from right. these real people. Those That's screaming people. and dying. That's like, insane. You finally fucking escape this genocide and you get to America and you still mentally can't escape it no you never will well and you think about like now there's meds for sure. that that, that's true yeah like seroquel is a big one for PTSD. military yeah ptsd and i it's still i feel like that's a different i don't know like so many people were in the vietnam war sure hmm. they were so traumatized their ter- their nightmares were so bad they ha- stopped their heart Jesus. well and also the the <laughs> age range is insane and i still need to know why men and not women right it's, I don't know. I mean, Probably other just than women are used to dealing with high levels of terror. Probably. I mean, that's kind of my gut. Yeah. And like also that there, you know, depending on the culture, there may have been like far more pressure set on mm-hmm. and like guilt associated with the men than I don't know. That and like providing for with, family. Well, and- but with like a woman, it's like, you know, you have to live to keep taking care of something basically. Mm hmm just inherently so maybe that's part of it i don't know i'm not a scientist i don't know that scientists have figured no, this they shit clearly out. have it. nobody's yeah. figured it out and no, has anything like that happened since i have a million questions I i'm know. sorry i don't know i know it was like very coupled into that time frame and mm-hmm. the cdc did do a lot of research so like i was saying that one syndrome is treatable now because mm-hmm. they finally identified it i think it was just really bad and i don't mm-hmm. know like it's really sad but i'm also this part like i don't know i've been really thinking about like creativity and how it works and i'm like that's like the the different things that he pulled together to make that movie is right. very mm-hmm. that's very interesting to me it's very fascinating yeah like how people's brains work in that way yeah 
Watching that trailer too is really entertaining. From eighty four. Oh, watch it. It's like, great. Uh, it's it's a they, fun movie. It is. Just made a remake like pretty mm-hmm. recently. You should also watch Freddy versus Jason. That was the first okay. movie, like scary movie in theaters that I went to. I think The Ring was also one, but oh, I remember seeing that. <laughs> Me in too. Oh, I don't even remember the guy's name, but I it was a friend, and I was like, I'm holding on to you as hard as I. I'm, that movie was fucking terrifying i had my eyes closed to yeah me too like, yeah way to make like an object everyone has at home yeah. terrifying yeah. i don't want to turn on the tv yeah. that and poltergeist yeah oh yeah my favorite uh i can go next do it i want to talk about the death house landlady <gasps> metal that does sound metal. It's so fucking metal. Uh, this is actually like one of my biggest fears. So that's why I saw this and I was like, oh, fuck. Fun. It's like, and I feel like it's a trope that we all grew up with where it's like, oh, I'm a sweet old lady. No, I'm sticking you up or like whatever, Ooh. like in cartoons. Okay. Sure. But it's just sweet old ladies who are actually like really fucked up. And that scares the shit out of me because I'm going to try. I don't care how many yeah. times it happens. I'm going to trust yeah, sweet you old have ladies. to trust an old lady. Yeah. Not old men, though. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No. I mean, if I can outrun most of, like, yeah. I can't outrun anything. You know that. But, like, also, that's true. (laughs) This bitch isn't going to run. No, that's why I got to attack someone. Exactly. You don't think you could outrun, like, an 85 year old woman? She could, could, like, spurt. She could probably, like, sprint. The sprint. I could get get out of the way. Like, 10 yards away. Yeah, but that woman, even if she had a walker, she's going to catch up. (laughs) It's like a you know slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, it's a tortoise deal. and the hare situation. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and the hare is going to get dead yeah. at the end of it. <laughs> Dorothea Puente, she's this kind of bitch. And in the 1980s in California, this hoe killed at least nine people inside of her boarding house. Mm. So between 1982 and 1988, none of her tenants, none and nine is very confusing when you write in cursive. None of her tenants had any idea that she was killing others, also burying them on her own property. Damn. So she's got people living there and she's also somehow burying these people, uh, cashing their social security checks and their government checks. There's the money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this went um, undetected for years until we will find out. So she's born on uh, January 9th, 1929, almost 100 years ago. Wow. She was born Dorothea Helen Gray in the Redlands of California. So this is like right as the Great Depression is hitting. Not 100%, but I do believe the Redlands is like kind of in that deserty, like Bakersfield type area. I could be wrong. Okay. I could easily Google this, but I was rushing. Don't. Yeah, I'd rather just... It's just <laughs> imagine. I'll get, yes. I'll get admonished by Spencer later. Sure. So, you know, not the best time or place. And she is the sixth of seven children Ooh. entering the great depression my mm. god um, rapes of wrath shit just imagine mm-hmm. constantly being pregnant for multiple decades i just like <laughs> no, thank you. no well no absolutely <laughs> no. not no thank you no thank you no once maybe twice is my two max yeah mm-hmm. and the two that second one's gonna be an accident like sorry about it <laughs> 
And I hope that they hear this in the future. Right. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's the sixth of seven kids. Uh, her father died of tuberculosis when she was eight. And then her mother, and this is where I know that I'm on one side of this, but I can definitely see the other side of this. But her mother of seven kids is an alcoholic who mm. abused her kids. Like, let's define abuse, right? Like, first off, probably really bad because it was the 30s, but also there's seven. Yeah. And she's alone. And alcoholic like let's define that because also she's the mother of seven kids and she's alone like of course of course these things happen but also don't abuse your kids she actually so her father died when she was eight and then her mother died on a motorcycle accident a year later because I'm sure that motorcycle safety in uh, 1937 was zero (laughs) yeah hundred percent negative one (laughs) so the kids are all orphaned and they are all splitting off and they bounce between foster care and relatives and i don't know how old the oldest kid was but if she is you know nine or whatever then i'm sure that there's some that are like okay bye Mm -hmm. so they're bouncing off between foster care and relatives and then at 16 dorothea's like fuck it i'm grown and she goes to olympia washington and she's uh, you know trying to make it on her own defaults to prostitution which sex work is in my opinion fine at that time 16 is too young (laughs) and instead she ends up finding a husband they met and married in 1945 his name is fred mcfall the marriage was brief it was three years and then it, it just kind of got there was like hints at trouble and like there was some weird shit going on and some of that is around the idea that she had uh several children with him she raised zero of them she sent one to relatives and put the others up for adoption. So then in 1948, three years later, McFall asked for a divorce and Dorothea kind of starts drifting her, <laughs> making her way back south to California. And she also makes her way back to a uh, life of some crime here. She's got four months in jail after writing a hot check, which <laughs> this article, all things interesting, they actually said like she returns to a life of hard crime and re- bounces a check and i'm like all right let's okay. lock it up we've then all been to college hard, hard criminals yeah. at that point like for sure sorry heb for that thing that happened mm-hmm. in 2006 so then she's put on probation after four months and then she's like nope and just dips out leaves town she ends up in san francisco and she marries her second husband axel bryn johansson <sighs> what metal. a name also man. very metal yeah. yes in 1952 and the new couple argued frequently about her drinking and gambling and then she gets busted by offering and again the article says a sex act i'm gonna go i'm gonna default to blowjob that's my default (laughs) to an undercover cop Mm. and her husband sends her to a psychiatric ward like they did in the 50s this lady she's loose let's take her to him she must be insane Let's go drill a hole in her brain or whatever. Despite all of that, the marriage actually lasted until 1966. So they were married for 14 years. Um, And then she had two more marriages. Roberto Puente, which she from that point on was uh, Dorothea Puente. And that was in 1968. That lasted 16 months. And then she married Angel Montalvo, and uh, he left a week after they got married. (coughs) Shorter and shorter. Uh (laughs) She actually, she ends up uh, back in Sacramento, and she believes herself to be a very excellent caretaker. 
think there's probably some uh, hormone and like mental stuff going on there with like her children that she had put up for adoption maybe oh, or yeah. something. I, there's something going on there. But she opens a boarding home in Sacramento in the 1970s and social workers love her because she took in tough cases she, like recovering alcoholics drug addicts mentally ill and the elderly so people that you know most boarding houses and so like they're kind of like maybe one or two right, and she'll right. take i'll take them all she lost her first boarding house after getting caught signing her own name to tenants benefit checks in the 1980s she worked as a personal caretaker so that's why that's why she's taken in those tough cases. And then they're like, you're, you're out. You can't have this house anymore. And she's like, cool. And then I'll just go get another yeah. house. She works as a personal caretaker. Mm. She's drugging her clients and stealing their valuables. So thanks, Dorothea. Praying for... on the weak and infirm. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, what if, like, yeah. don't, this is a huge fear of my, like, sure. Warranted or not. And then by 1982, Quinte is sent to prison for her thefts. She's released just three years later, although a state psychologist diagnosed her as a schizophrenic with, quote, no remorse or regret who should be, quote, closely monitored. <laughs> just let her free, though. Let's do that. Ain't mm -hmm. nobody got time to do that. No, no. We got, we're busy. So instead, she opened up her second boarding house. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this is for the term that they use a couple of times here is shadow people which is the marginally homeless and without close friends or family which i mean boy howdy is that just like one of the biggest victim groups of all time mm. ever some of them began to disappear but again no one noticed and even probation officers who were like assigned to these people they'd stop by and she would be like, they'd be like, hey, are, is this a boarding house? Are they here? And she would say, instead of a boarding house, that the people living at her house were guests or friends and not mm. boarders. So she opens up her boarding house, but no one knows that's what it is, right. except for the people that are going there. And then in April of 1982, a 61-year-old woman named Ruth Monroe moved into Dorothea's house. And soon after, Monroe died from an overdose of codeine and acetaminophen, mm. which happens fairly regularly yeah. because people that, do what? like cough syrup. Okay. Isn't that what... Is that can you get Tylenol tramadol? with codeine? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All of that. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that like narco mix. Mm -hmm. is Tylenol and codeine, right? Yes, or it's something um, like that. No, Sorry, what is it? It's hydrocodeine. Tramadol is a different. It's not an opiate. Tramadol isn't. Mm -mm. I thought it was. I think it's not because you can give it as an alternative. When uh, the police arrived, Puente told them that Monroe had been depressed due to her husband's terminal <laughs> illness, and satisfied with that, the authorities are like, "Okay, suicide," and then. Yeah, sounds Whatever. easy enough. Which, like, yeah, hands off. you know what? If I go to an old, sweet old lady's house and she tells me that's what happens, sure. guess what? Sure. Probably did. Good Lord. Not. So then November 1985, I was one month old. Dorothea Puente hires a handyman named Ishmael Flores to install some wood paneling in her home. And then she has one more request. Just one more. Just one more little request. Can you build me a six foot long box so I can fill it with books? Like a coffin? <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then a few other assorted items. And then they were going to bring that box to a storage facility. Well, on the way to the storage facility, she's like, wait, 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 pull over, pull over near this riverbank. And then no. they push the box into no. the water. And then on New Year's Day, a fisherman spots the box and he noticed that it looks suspiciously like a coffin. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he tells the police and investigators find a decomposing body of an elderly man. It then takes three years before they discovered it was someone from her house. Y'all, wow. she just keeps killing in that meantime. Too. Yes. And uh, it's insane that DNA has just drastically right. changed everything. Everything. So it wasn't until 1988 that suspicions first arose about Puente after one of her tenants, 52-year-old Alvaro Montoya, went missing. Montoya struggled with mental health issues and had been homeless for years. He'd been referred to Dorothea Puente's house because of her reputation welcoming people like him. So other folks that he knew that were in his like world were like, oh, go to this bitch. She's tight. <laughs> The difference is Montoya had a counselor from a Volunteers of America group who gave a she like gave a shit about him. Her name's Judy Moist. Wish I could figure out if that was the right way to say it because it's too much like Moist. And I is it M O I S E? Yeah. So it's like Moises, like typically with an but or wouldn't if it be it's like French, it'd be like moi. Moi. Well, what about like Boise, Idaho? Moise. Right. Okay, we're gonna go Moise. Okay. Sorry, Judy. Do it. <laughs> Sorry if that ain't right. So she did not buy Dorothea's excuse that Montoya was on vacation. Bullshit. Oh, this man that <laughs> this man who is uh, struggles with mental health. Yeah, he's on vacation. So she alerted police and then they went to the boarding house and they are met by Dorothea, who's she's, you know, sweet she's old like, lady, oh, big hello. old glasses repeats the story he's on vacation and then another tenant john sharp backs her up and he's like "Mm -hmm, he's on vacation but then he also slips them a little piece of paper that says she's making me lie for her oh shit good job dude dark it's yeah. so dark and it's so that's such a like badass move that that happens in reality you yeah. know what i mean like you always think movie. yeah it's like a movie so then the police return they search the house and they find nothing and they ask permission to dig up the yard and puente is like yeah you're welcome to here's an extra shovel mm. and then she's like is it okay if i go buy a coffee and then that she bitch sprints she leaves of course goes to la and is on the lamb for fucking five days or so. i have the numbers man hunt woman hunt mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like People five hunt. years i was like uh, just a few days okay i don't remember well so the first she's in los angeles and then the first person they dig up is a 78-year-old Leono Carpenter and then six more bodies. <gasps> but, Serial uh, killer. Also, can you... Those cops were like, well, I guess she was chill about it. And then it's like, found a body, found a body. Yeah, and they're like, fuck, we told her she could go yeah. get coffee. Someone go find her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Stan. I don't know. That's not much of a head start. <laughs> No, I, I would. Well, I would hope like thirty minutes. Yeah. If she's if she's Kissing digging that deep to the airport, yeah, maybe you could touch. I do wonder leave. how long it took for them to find that. I, mean, I would think dig hit something. Oh, <laughs> I mean, if it is that's that many, a coffin. Right? Yeah. maybe 
Coffins or? I, I don't know that Not they were in small. coffins. Yeah, that too. Oh. So it it's might have been like you dick wouldn't <laughs> hit. Yeah. Or just like juicy. Mm-hmm. Weirdly you need soft. a dog for that. That's like, a little, that's like instead of like a bomb sniffing, yeah. like a body oh, sniffing they do. dog. They, they do. absolutely have well, cadaver dogs. Where was cadaver dogs. Dog well, here. they didn't need it because they just did it right there. Well, they probably also didn't think they needed yeah, it. too. So she's on the lam for five days until a man in a bar, which, ma'am, why are you going to a bar? Yeah, right. Like, what are you doing? Um, Gotta live it up in your last free moments, yeah, maybe. That yeah. Too. That too, that's, you honestly. Know what? <laughs> yeah, I would. But this guy's like, oh, I know her from the TV. Yeah. And so she gets caught and then she's charged with a total of nine murders wow she's flown back to sacramento and then on her way she's insisting because reporters obviously are like no best this old lady and she's like telling everyone no i didn't kill anybody i didn't kill anybody and then at one point she said i used to be a very good person at one time so then throughout the trial she's portrayed as either a sweet grandma like or a manipulative criminal depending on who we're talking about And then her lawyers argue that she may be a thief, but she's not a murderer. And pathologists testified that they had not been able to identify the cause of death for any of the corpses. John O'Mara, the prosecutor, called over 130 witnesses to the stand. That's an insane number. Crazy. The prosecution stated that Puente used sleeping pills to drug her tenants, suffocated them, and then hired convicts to bury them in in the yard dalmain which is a drug used for insomnia that i've never heard of was found in all seven of the exhumed bodies mm-hmm. i'm assuming it's you know something like ambien but probably less safe because it was the 70s and yeah. 80s, or the 80s so prosecutors said that puente was one of the most quote, cold and calculating female killers the country had ever seen. As a female comic, mm-hmm. I don't think we need to put female in front of killers, you know? Sure. She's just a killer. Uh, in 1993, all several days, uh, after several days of deliberations and a deadlocked jury, because they're like, but she's so sweet. Like, that was literally most it, of the reason that they funny. were like, I don't know. Should right. we? She's ultimately convicted of three murders and received back-to-back life sentences. The executive director of the California Law Center on long-term care, she said these entities fall through the cracks. She's talking about, like, boarding houses like Puente's. Not everybody running them is being nefarious, but nefarious activity can crop up. So. Sure. Not cotton, you know, not all boarding houses. But to the end of her life, she insisted that she was innocent and that she had been taking good care of the people under her charge. Quote, the only time the only time the boarders were in good health was when they stayed at my home, she insisted from prison. I made them change their clothes every day, take a bath every day and eat three meals a day. When they came to me, they were so sick they weren't expected to live. And she died of uh, in prison of natural causes on March 27th. 2011 at the age of 82 wow Wow. yeah kind of recent and old Mm -hmm. she made it a long time you know all that killing i don't know makes you live longer sucking the youth out of them it's that she might have thought she was doing the right thing it sounds like that's what you mean like angel of death shit yeah i feel like there's an aspect because her saying Mm. like right i know i'm a good caretaker but if she's she's continuing to collect their like social security and shit 
Agreed. I mean, I guess, though, unless you're trying to cover it up, you sh- wouldn't call and be like, Psst, uh, American government, the, yeah. this person is dead. Yeah, it just it does. It feels like there's a lot of stuff going on that we probably will. I mean, we won't ever know. Absolutely. Oh, you don't want to take care of yourself and be a citizen? Well, here, sleep forever. Because it's also, I mean, as far as murders go... Like it's a nice um, right. She's not stabbing like a mercy. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's dark. (laughs) Okay, hooray! We'll end it on a I guess a little bit of an up note. I'm gonna talk about the OG Saint Nick because I don't think we ever have before. I don't think we have. Pretty sure I have this cute book my grandma gave me about the origin of all the Santas. It's really cute. It's like woven on like cloth. It's really cool. So. It's Christmas all over, and... If you couldn't tell from the first two stories. Yeah, the two very, very Christmassy (laughs) stories. Saint Nick is based on an actual saint, which makes sense. From the Beach Boys song. Yes. (laughs) Little Saint Nick. Yeah, that's him. So Christmas, like, the way we celebrate Christmas didn't really start to hit its stride until the 19th century, For Americans, when Washington Irving reinvents Christmas in America because he's like, it's the 1800s. Like, we need something to be happy about. Who is he? He's an author. Okay. He wrote the sketchbook of Joffrey Crayon. Okay. Joffrey Crayon. (laughs) Um, I like it. But it was a series of stories about the celebration of Christmas in an English manor house. And everyone was apparently really into it. And that just kind of started things off for us here. Before that, there's all the stuff about how Jesus wasn't born on Christmas. They kind of said that because they wanted to... They put it on this certain day because it's the solstice mm-hmm. and it's Saturnalia and it kind of can overtake these other the pagan pagan rituals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So there's also that element to it. But where does our guy Santa Claus come in, right? Like he ain't no Jesus Mm-mm. as far as I know, but he was a big <laughs> fan. So <laughs> St. Nick is born. Nicholas, he wasn't a saint at birth. Okay, <laughs> don't get that out. Sainted when you die. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he's born in three hundred. Wow. The three hundred or three hundredth century. No, that doesn't make sense. Oh. Anyways, like two eighty A.D. Around the third century makes sense. Yeah. Okay. No one says it. It just but it makes third sense. century. Oh. Would you say it's, the third I think it's century? the third century. Because okay. yes. 300th third. century, that's like, like 300 times 30, 100. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's born the year in 30, the third thousand. century in Patara, which was in Asia, Asia Minor. It's now Turkey. He was nom, born nom, to nom, yum, nom. yum, yum, yum. And that's why we I'm eat hungry. turkey on Christmas. Mm-hmm. So he's born to wealthy parents who were devout Christians. And they unfortunately died in an epidemic when Nicholas was still young. He 
was a devout Christian, just like his parents were, and obeying the words of Jesus, he decided to sell everything he owned and give all of his inheritance to the poor. That really made people happy. They were like, dang, we we, we like you. What all did he own in the 300th century? I don't know. Like a, Maybe like a donkey's. I mean, I bet, I bet they had cloaks. land. If they were wealthy, they probably okay. had land and some Maybe stuff like, some like that. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So... Pigs. Grain, gruel, lots of gruel <laughs> stores. Uh, soup. Uh-huh. Hey, I'll I'm buy the. I'll girl. take the soup. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls love soup. So he dedicates his life to serving God. He's made. He's made bishop of Myra when he's pretty young. He's known throughout the land for his generosity. He loved kids in a not creepy way and had great concern for sailors and ships. Under the Roman emperor Diocletian, he was ruthlessly persecuted as well as like most other Christians at the time. He was tossed in jail for a while where he just met another a bunch of other Christian people because Mm -hmm. They like were arresting people so rampantly for being that religion that they didn't have time to really like arrest actual criminals. So they were like just just banking a bunch of, I guess, churches in the prisons, basically. Uh, he dies in 343 A.D. in Myra and is buried. That's old for them. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's like 60. 60. Yeah, good for him. I mean, like, so he was, like, in his depictions, you know, he's got, like, a beard and shit. Like, he looks like the origins of Santa Claus, right? So when he dies, he's buried under the cathedral at his church, and a unique relic called manna forms in his grave. And I've heard of, like, manna from heaven before, But so the manna of St. Nicholas is pure water that formed in the tomb of the saint of him. And it continues to do so. And it's called it's like supposedly has healing powers and different stuff like that. It's also in a lot of video games. Manna. Yeah. Food. That also like there's I think there's different words for this. But this particular manna. Of Saint Nicholas is pure water formed in the his tomb okay. post death. It's like wow, is your body we're like super hydrated and you're just really juicy, squeezing it out oh, as you die. God. Uh, Dead water <clears throat> juice. Yeah. So <laughs> this mana though makes him even more popular. They're like clearly he's a fucking saint if mana formed in his tomb, and they're like we're gonna start celebrating Saint Nicholas Day, which was December sixth, but it's December 9th on the Julian calendar and or nineteenth on the Julian calendar. I don't know if that's the one we're using today, but uh, that was the three hundreds. Who fucking knows? Probably someone. Don't tell me. I don't care. So throughout the centuries, the stories of St. Nicholas have been told because people just loved him so much. So let's talk about the stories, right? So one of them is he learns of a poor man with three daughters. And back then, you know, it was like you have a dowry and you get married Mm -hmm. or you basically kind of just become a slave. There, those are your two options. And the man is like, wow, this is going to be like a really big bummer to uh, have to sell my daughters. I'm real sad about it. And St. Nicholas hears about it. And each night before one of his daughters is supposed to be sold, 
there appeared a bag of gold in their home. They were tossed through an open window and said to have landed in stockings or the shoe or shoes that were left to dry by the fire. I don't ever get gold in my shit. I don't get gold in any I of my talk shoes. To I leave my shoes out everywhere. Yeah. All I get are just John getting mad at me for not being clean. Maybe like a roly poly or two. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Scorpion. <laughs> Great. Ooh. I love Texas. So sometimes the story is told with gold balls instead of bags of gold, which is why a lot of people use oranges and give oranges around Christmas time. Because the balls are supposed, those are supposed to be representative of these gold Nicholas balls. So he saved those daughters from being sold, obviously. That made me emotional, but I am on my period. But I was like, oh, oh so sweet. They didn't have to do it. Okay, another story. Protector of children. This is where it comes in. The townspeople of Myra were celebrating on his feast day. A band of pirates comes to their district and they're like, we're going to steal the treasures of the Church of St. Nicholas and take it away as our booty. And as they're (laughs) leaving town, they kidnap a young boy with them his name is Basilios the guy's like you're the like king of the pirates is like you're gonna be my cupbearer and he has this really nice golden cup and Basilios is basically just like this dude's slave for a full year and his parents are you know back home devastated like we'll never see our kid again and Saint Nicholas Day rolls around the next year and Basilio's mother was like I don't want to fucking go party with y'all I'm still upset my kid was taken none of y'all did shit this is a bad day I don't like it and people are like okay we get that and she's like I'm just gonna stay home and pray to Saint Nicholas and guess what? It works. St. Nicholas appears to the terrified boy, I imagine, on a pirate ship. <laughs> and the <laughs> boy is holding the gold chalice. And he's like, Kazam! And oh, they, no. they him, St. Nicholas and the boy poof out of the pirate ship mm-hmm. and show back up at his parents' house while his mom is praying. And he's like still holding the cup. And St. Nicholas is like, peace, gone again. But they had that, like, nice cup to give them a little money. So there's that. Cool. Took all that agency away from that boy who just really made his way back. Right. Probably. But third one of St. Nicholas's good deeds, a wicked innkeeper. There's three or a couple versions of this. We'll say they're students, theological students are traveling in Athens and a wicked innkeeper robs them, murders them, chops up their bodies and like leaves them in a large pickling tub. <laughs> Delicious, right? I do love pickling. You know, how do you feel Not about pickled, pickled meat? humans though? I've never had like pick like what is it? I pig's feet? Oh, yeah. That's one and eggs. I've had pickled eggs. I don't I haven't had the feet. Human, though. Let's stick with that. It just so only. happened that Bishop Nicholas at the time was traveling along the same route and stopped at the inn. In the night, he dreamed of this gruesome crime, got up, went to the innkeeper and was like, what the fuck, dude? And I guess the innkeeper was like, yeah, they're, they're here pickling in my tub. And 
St. Nicholas uh, is like, okay, I'm just going to pray real hard about this. Like, please, God, fix it. And it was like, cool. And all the bodies like reassembled and the boys were brought back to life. So Did they, they could, smell like pickles you know, for the rest, the rest of their, of their lives. Smelling like they pickles. Zombie it's, kids? Yeah, zombie <laughs> Frankenstein zombie together pickle children. Kids. Pickled kids. <laughs> But That's their moms are really happy. <laughs> they like have a green skin. Yeah. You like, smell them smell coming. Like vinegar. Yes. You want to hug them, but you're like, I don't want to. <laughs> it's kind of squeaky. Yeah. I have something to do today. Um, <laughs> when St. Nicholas was young, he sought a holy pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And so he could walk where, walk where Jesus walked. It was his passion. He walked there, but he was going to take a ship back. And while they're on this ship back, this huge storm blows in. And all the sailors are like, fuck, we're fucked. And Nicholas is like, hold on, let me just like calmly pray about this. And as he's doing that, the storm, the wind dies down, the waves calm, and everything just chills out. And they're safe and they get back to land no problemo because nicholas prayed so good you know <laughs> he i mean when you're good at something do it he also like saved people from famine he he's done he did a lot of cool shit everybody loved him and his saintness spread and he's okay he's the patron saint of and this is just a tiny bit of what he's the patron saint of. Children, mariners, bankers, pawnbrokers, scholars, orphans, laborers, travelers, merchants, judges, paupers, marriageable maidens, <laughs> not the unmarriageable ones. They know Students, what they do. Students, children, sailors, victims of judicial mistakes, captives, perfumers, thieves, and murderers can we i would like literally to, everyone yeah i would Dude, the list is much longer like when you okay, say pawn i'm gonna show you this is the whole list of people oh wait am i going the right way that's all the patron saints it's like oh my god it's literally it's everyone. like 200 different things but when you say pawnbrokers, yes like chumley yeah absolutely good for him. you know that you know it's chumley murderers too I yeah mean, they like need dorothea also to be too. like dorothea patron saint nicholas you know freddy krueger freddy krueger sure sure johnny depp spinsters Probably. is on this big list the patron, i guess that's the not mar- marriageable yeah, there's the not marriageable women yeah. so yeah people really dug good old saint nick who does he not protect <laughs> he doesn't he protects everybody he's okay. like the cool cops? cool dude but he's, yeah he can't protect murderers and cops. what about the devil I mean, he can Oh, God protects murderers and cops, technically, if you're thinking of it like that. Okay. If you just think about it for like two seconds. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, So because St. Nicholas is so popular and his feast day or his like whatever. Is is he the saint of pickled children? He's the saint of (laughs) pickled pickled zombie children children who were... (laughs) dismembered but then remembered is that a thing yes do you still have like the remembered yeah they were remembered children (laughs) um he makes his way over to american culture i mean obviously he's already in there with all the religion and shit but in december of 1773 and again in 1774 a group of dutch 
families were like photographed and reported about in a newspaper that they were honoring his death and they had these like you know wood carvings of him and stuff and they were like wow that's pretty interesting and the name Santa Claus evolved from their nickname or their name for him which was Center Claus and it, can I yes yes you? yes so uh was it kind of like mm, I don't want to say delayed but like there was clearly like a gap between when people started coming to America and when this happened. Mm-hmm. Is that likely because this was more of a Catholic situation with saints and then everybody was coming to America because they were like, fuck Catholic. Well, the thing about like the Puritans and shit because uh-huh. they came over here to yeah. get away from the Catholics they were super anti like celebrating anything because before because it was witchcraft yeah before like the 1700s the big christian holiday was like easter Mm -hmm. and like good friday but they got really into celebrating christmas when everybody i guess the puritans came over they kind of chilled out a little realized they were being super anal about you know all their shit they didn't want to they thought celebrating birthdays was also like a bad Mm -hmm. deal Mm -hmm. but yeah the dutch people were like we celebrate this and they were like that's pretty cool and then people caught on that way and then by the 1800s you know they're celebrating the uh writer writes some shit about it and then they're like capitalism and that's when everybody started shopping and giving gifts which american girl Which American girl Mm. uh, wore the candles on her head for... Samantha, right? I thought it was Kristen. Was it? Kirsten? Oh, wait, you're right. It was the blonde one, right? Yeah. Why did she wear candles on her head? I think it was part... That's why I'm thinking it might have been like a shout out to this Dutch family. Probably. Mm. I feel like it's a Dutch thing to wear candles. It's like a wreath of candles on your head. Yes. Which sounds... Like a terrible oh, you're idea. Right. Kristen's surprise is the novel. Flames on your head with it. <laughs> yeah. Flames on the side of my face. No, I remember that fucking outfit too, because mm-hmm. she has a little. It's like a wreath mm-hmm. with candles in it. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I bet that's what it is. So, anyways, that's all. Good old Jolly Saint Nick, who everybody loved to party with, and he's like the patron saint of every single thing you could think of. What a G, including Whitney's. Is that on the list? <laughs> I'm putting it on there now. I'm declaring it. Yes, specifically these poor women <laughs> yeah, named Whitney. Named Whitney. <laughs> Probably a dying name. I thought Whitney marriageable. Yes. <laughs> marriageable pickled Whitney <laughs> barely marriageable. Barely, barely marriageable barely marriageable so Merry Christmas and happy birthday Saint Nicholas we mm. missed his fucking birthday when I read it was on December 6th I was like oh shit oh wait no it's December 11th that was right was- around Pearl Harbor you think that was planned <sighs> Absolutely. You know who they like? That Saint they Nick like guy. They like that St. Nick guy. Can't Rebby's remember wearing, the exact thing. Rebby's wearing a shirt right hey, now yeah. with St. Nick on it. I didn't think y'all meant like full candles. Oh, yeah. Yes. Are, yeah. <laughs> American oh, my girl. God. Look at Kristen. How much is that worth? I bet it's worth a lot. I, I bet an original. I think I still American have a Samantha. At my oh, this mom's is on house. eBay. Let me see. I I never was gifted one. I didn't. I my parents would never. My step grandma got it for me because they were she loaded. You to like, yeah. yeah, 
And she uh, also was, she's like a really skilled seamstress and she made a bunch of like outfits and stuff. Oh she was my a very God. nice woman. She was at my wedding. Um, but yeah, That's... they got me a Samantha doll and I was like, holy shit. Fucking jackpot. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> my uh, step grandmother was just a bitch. A mean, Well, she's mean dead bitch. now. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. She's the one that one Christmas, she's like, are you suicidal or pregnant? It's one of them. You can <gasps> oh. tell me we're not real family. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what a thing to say. You know, Christmas is different all around the world. That's, that's true. <laughs> every family you know, has their every, own shit. Everyone is different. Well, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Thank ho, you. Ho, ho, Thanks for Rebby for coming. and It was fun. Uh, talking to us. <laughs> uh, that was my Britney Spears impersonation of her. Oh, I like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Whoa, bitch. Whoa. Um, Don't trust uh, every old lady. No, don't. No. Just most. I mean, you Just can. most of them. I mean, most, like, like, go into it 99% trusting. 99% of old women I would trust. But keep your eyes open. Yeah. They There's a reason they stayed alive that long. And don't pickle children unless you need to i think if you chop them up and toss them in some pickling brine odds are santa claus is gonna show up and put them back together so do it that's my did did y'all see that movie with um seth rogan where he falls into a vat of pickle yes American Pickle. Yes. That was a pretty cute movie. It and then was he comes cute. back and meets his grandson, but like, oh, I and then they get in a fight. Yeah, because yeah. like, it was old. Dumb as fuck. It was. I remember it. watching it. It was, it was a good movie, guys. It was not <laughs> it was good. cute. It, I'm not going to say good, yeah, but I, I did watch all of it. I wouldn't say good. Is that your bar? If you complete the whole movie? Oh, it that's was a like, low bar for me, though. Mm. Like, that's a, I will watch a lot of. Yeah. Man, I got. Like, if you get high enough, every movie is like, this is the most genius shit. Like, the new Mortal Kombat movie, watch that. And I was like, this is the best movie I've ever fucking seen in my life. It was fun. I didn't understand, Were like, you... the struggle. Like, the, I don't know. I I don't, mm. I can't tell you what happened. I can yeah. tell you that I was in for that ride. I, would, I and... mean, the fighting was cool. And I think that's the whole point of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And going, Mortal Kombat. And being... <laughs> so high that you are part of the yeah couch. that's too god that's, that's oh i thought you say part of the movie or i mean however you interact both. with it yeah cool uh yeah happy holidays yes honda days toyota thon however you celebrate um, Bron- bronk it up bronk bronk merry, it up. merry yeah. holidays yes okay <laughs> goodbye <laughs>